1: Well, I love 40s. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 611 of Locked on Raptors for late on a Monday. November 25th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Subscribe, rate, review all the shows you want to support. All that good stuff. I'm talking fast because I want to get to the meat of this podcast. The Toronto Raptors just beat the Philadelphia 76ers 101-96. And joining me once again in the beautiful Canadian Tire suite <laughs> in the depths of the arena is Vivek Jacob. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much. I think... The Raptors are
2: undefeated now. When Nick Nurse makes a challenge, uh-huh. they're undefeated. When they don't practice, mm-hmm. you know,
1: you know. So just gotta keep that going. It's a good ass team. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good ass team. Uh, yeah. So the Raptors take down the Sixers on Monday night. Uh, a really fun game. Probably the game of the season so far. For if you're a Raptors fan and you're just sort of looking for entertainment value, this was entertaining even before the fourth quarter. And that fourth quarter has to go down as one of the most fun experiences Raptors fans have seen since the Rudy Gay trade. Like, it sounds like hyperbole, but it really reminded me of, like, the Bruno game, where it was just, like, this random regular season night in November, and just, like, this inexplicable series of events happens. And so the thing that really stood out to me in this game, obviously, was... In the fourth quarter, Joel Embiid, who was, I believe, O of 8 at the time, and just spoiler alert, he finished with zero points, <laughs> uh, so we'll get that out of the way now. Uh, at the time, he was about 0 for 8, I think, and went to the line for a technical free throw. When he does that, the crowd, which has been kind of on him all night long, like begging him to shoot whenever he has the ball in his hands, like really good performance by the Raptors crowd tonight. It was like Uh, Dwight Howard was at the line again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Embiid goes up for the tech free throw, misses it, and then like a couple seconds later on the same possession after Philly gets the ball back, Josh Richardson has just like an Oscar-worthy Marcus Smart level flop on an attempted three-pointer, He gets called, uh, the foul gets called, I believe, on Terrence Davis, and Richardson goes to the line for three. I believe the number that I saw was that there was a 0.4% chance, based on Richardson's history, that he was going to miss all three. Uh, He missed all three, and I don't know. The playoffs were obviously louder, probably. I don't know if I've ever heard the arena louder for a regular season event, and there might have even been playoff times where, like, what happened in the sequence of those three missed free throws was just like The the sound in the arena Was like dwarfing Stuff that happened In the playoffs That's how nuts it was
2: Yeah honestly When, when After he missed the third And you could say you see Rondé Trying to get the crowd All charged <laughs> up uh, That's where Rondé's game Is at right now In yeah. case you're wondering 16 points 10 rebounds ten God, assists What a monster Amazing uh, And and I think Yeah I think The crowd In that moment It was Pretty much as as loud As any You know High leverage Moment In mm-hmm. a playoff game It felt like that to me anyway. Uh, And, you know, for me, I was watching that and I was like, huh. So this is what Cavs fans felt like in that game one (laughs) when everything that could go wrong for the Raptors (laughs) against the Cavs did. And they somehow stole that game and then somehow... uh, yeah. Well, not somehow, just went on to beat the shit out of the Raptors and yeah. sweep them. Yeah, and,
1: and <laughs> there's sp- no somehow <laughs> about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there and are then, plenty of reasons to explain why. Yeah,
2: and, <laughs> and and you know, obviously, that's what brought about Nick Nurse becoming the head coach. That's yeah. what brought about Demar Derozan getting traded. Uh huh. That's what brought about Kawhi Leonard. <laughs>
1: so you're and, saying the Sixers are about to trade Joel Embiid for a center who can score? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I think it's crazy.
2: You know, this is one of the things I thought about that, you know, sort of one of the side things that would happen for the Raptors as a result of winning the championship is, you know, before this, there were times where I would watch the Lakers play and this and, you know, the Celtics play and whatnot. And there'd be moments where their team would be down, say, 25 and they cut the lead to like 18 Mm -hmm. and their crowd is going nuts. Yeah. Right. And... That is something, if there was one thing that Raptors fans didn't do, that, that was probably it, mm-hmm. right? Because, let's face it, based on the history, they just anticipated the worst that, you know, there was no point Bad in going really getting happen. up. Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and, you know, I think the change now is when you see things like this now, you start anticipating positive events. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors just expect the best to happen to them. Um, and heck, even if things don't go their way, They have a championship banner to look at. Yeah. So who cares? Just enjoy the moment.
1: (laughs) That was my whole thinking is like during this game, it felt like it was skewing a little bit at the start of the fourth quarter towards the Sixers were going to win it and they were going to figure it out. And I was like, yeah, even if they lose this, like there was the crazy free throw madness. There was, uh, you know, a lot of fun going on in this game. There was making fun of Embiid for having a bad night. And ultimately, you can go and watch all the different variations of the shot from last year, set to all manner of you know popular music, and you or will. Or the Kawhi laugh. Yeah, and you can rest easy, <laughs> um, knowing that everything is going to be fine. But instead, they come out and win the game. And it was just, I don't know, we haven't really gone into what we typically go into on these shows. What was your biggest takeaway from the game as a whole? Like, what did the Raptors do to flummox the Sixers so? Or was it the fact that the Sixers' half-court offense is kind of embarrassing, and maybe the Raptors didn't have to do that much to slow them down? I think the biggest takeaway for me is,
2: you know, right from pregame, this coach, this team takes absolutely nothing yeah. for an excuse mm-hmm. you know Serge Ibaka there was a possibility that he might be back he wasn't back Matt Thomas goes down with an injury mm-hmm. uh, the same one as Kyle Lowry's and Nick Nurse comes up and he just says hey it's disappointing but we keep rolling and this team does not make any excuses for anything
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: This was absolutely a game they should have lost.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Fred Van Vliet, his most recent appearance against the Sixers was him Absolutely melting down against the Sixers. Right. And having, I think, three buckets over the course of a seven game series and 14 total points. He beat that in the first half, I think, tonight. Um, And, like, even Pascal Siakam, his last sort of dance with the Sixers was him being spooked to shit by Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. And as Eric Kareem made a really good point tonight in the post game when he was talking to Nick Nurse, you know, they didn't even put Embiid on Siakam because the threat of his three point shooting above the break kind of takes that out of the equation. Yeah. And just the way it's changed. I mean, I was expecting expecting maybe a bit of a struggle, and Ben Simmons did a pretty good job on Siakam. Siakam still went 9 of 19. He had 25 points, including that wonderful, wonderful dunk at the end that beat the buzzer. Um, but, you know, I thought Siakam was really good. He picked his spots. He wasn't forcing it against a defense that clearly was up to the task to try to slow him down, mm-hmm. and it was just a really complete performance from a team, like you said, that had all of the excuses to lose. They had 10 guys available, uh, or 11 guys available. 10? 11. And it was... Yeah, they played everyone that wasn't O'Shea, Brissette, Malcolm Miller, or Shamori Pons. Like they, Correct. They they went into the eight guys they had, and they trusted them. And, you know, against the Sixers, you have to get weird and creative with your lineups, and you would have thought that eventually they would run out of sort of guys against the Sixers in this game. But didn't happen. Rondé was huge. Rondé played some center in this game. Uh, that was the the other thing, too, is Nick Nurse went full minute for minute with Marcus Saul and Joanna Labied. Why fix what ain't broke? and you know he had Ronde as backup center for stretches and he did really well on those obviously you know offensive rebounding like a madman the rebounding was problematic at times but at the same time the Sixers couldn't take advantage of it ever yeah and you know I think a lot of teams kind of have that problem with the Raptors is that their scramble and recover defense after offensive rebounds is better than most and so they get burned by those offensive rebounds they tend to give up quite a bit less than other teams would um but just you know really inspiring stuff man this we've said it a lot about this team but it's a deeply inspiring team this is like right alongside the Lakers win to me is the best win of the season and you might even put this one ahead of it considering um, that the Sixers coming in were absolutely jacked up for this game and like how could you not be considering what happened the last time you were here and I, I, I don't know I'm just blown away by that game it was it was really well coached the defense was incredible uh, again the Sixers I think I made the joke in my post game thing like the Sixers offense handed the Raptors a 10-0 run essentially like went on a 10-0 run for the Raptors yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the second quarter yeah. and also at the end of the game because they just couldn't generate anything in the half court yeah. and it's like startling to see the Sixers play offense and when Ben Simmons is like attacking the rim, which he was at the start of the third quarter in particular, it just came he I think he came out four straight possessions. He, you know, tried to get penetration and they got three buckets out of it, including a Josh Richardson three. And it, that seemed like the 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 way to do it. And then like their offense just kind of diverts back to post ups and like overlong half court actions that don't have JJ Redick as the gravity to make it work, so it doesn't really work, and you end up with late clock situations and I don't know, I I was, I am still pretty high on the Sixers. I think their defense is championship level. I think it's excellent. Yep. But their offense tonight was kind of alarming. It was like as good as the Raptors were. I don't think the Raptors were as good as maybe their defensive rating in the game would show. Because I think the Sixers just kind of pissed this one away on offense.
2: Yeah. I mean, the Sixers' offense looked like what the Raptors' offense is supposed to look like without Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> yep. You know? <laughs> uh, and I think this was one of the question marks that I had about Philly in losing Jimmy Butler and losing JJ Redick, especially in a playoff setting, especially losing Jimmy Butler because, Mm -hmm. uh, the plays that he would make for them down the stretch, uh, you know, obviously we talk about that Kawhi shot, but you know, he's the one that makes the shot to tie the game at the end there, uh, and look like he's pushing the game into overtime. Mm -hmm. He had so many big shots and, you know, he was, to me, he was the leader of that team, Mm -hmm. you know, and, maybe Embiid and Simmons uh, aren't there yet in terms of understanding how to control the end of games and that kind of thing. Uh, and Jimmy Butler was that for them. Yep. And now, I look at the court, like, this team is easier to defend
1: Yeah, than that than last year's team. Because you can just, like, let... I mean, they, they, I think, maybe let Josh Richardson a little bit too loose today because right. he was amazing. But, yeah, um, yeah. certainly there's no J.J. Reddick to worry about. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Butler, as an on-ball guy, like, it kind of changes everything. And so, um, yeah, It. I just... The Sixers, I'm sure there's a trade or something they'll make. Yeah, I'm sure they'll, like, figure out their rotation so they start using their good players more. Yeah. Like, Matisse yeah. Teibel would, yeah. like, yeah. barely play tonight. Um And, like, I think, you know, they have to figure out a backup point guard because how old yeah. Neto ain't it, but...
2: And then the yeah. other thing, too, for me is, like, Nick Nurse is just a badass when it comes to understanding, like, what he needs in certain moments of the game, yeah right? And this is something I've asked him about in terms of early second quarter or early fourth quarter. um And, you know, he what he told me was in the early second quarter... Mm-hmm. Obviously, he doesn't look at any moment in the game being low leverage, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of an opportunity for him to sort of buy some time. Yeah, And, you know, okay, sure, maybe we lose those minutes by, uh, you know, one or two points or whatever it is. Treading water is the phrase he's used. Exactly. And, you know, if you can get through those phases, uh, then he talks about the guts of the game. Mm -hmm. And he knows how to get the best out out of the team in the guts of the game like you look at what the raptors offense was for that brief stretch where they just could not buy a bucket in the fourth Mm -hmm. and like you pointed out they looked like philly was starting to pull away Mm -hmm. you know those are the stretches where he's kind of just buying that time you know you could tell you know fred was in there took out took out fred uh got pascal in uh now fred's getting his rest and then he comes back in and now you're ready to close the game yeah and in the same way you know philly had the momentum and then Brett Brown calls that timeout. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted right when that happened. I'm like, this is a good timeout for Toronto. Yeah. Because they need this. Yeah. And I thought it gave exactly the the amount of like real-time rest that Fred was looking for. And that's when he comes back in. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors are able to close out the game. And this is the difference that an elite coach makes. Yeah. I know I've said earlier, I think on this podcast, that you know I don't want to give Nick Nurse... Uh, that level of credit till he has an extended body of work yeah. but I it's think growing every it's, day it's, man. it's like <laughs>
1: it's, it's growing every day
2: I'm, yeah I, I think you know the same way you can look at uh, look at Luka Doncic and mm-hmm. recognize that this is a superstar player again you can look at Nick Nurse and say hey man this is a superstar coach mm-hmm.
0: the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Yeah, he's he was excellent. And, yeah, I really like the sort of rhythm he's found with that sort of Siakam and Fred with bench segment of the game that he's sort of figured out where he gets all of his regular starters rest. Usually I guess he'll have Gasol out there I guess tonight especially because of Nomad Thomas so they had to go down to 8 so there was a lot of staggering going on but yeah. um, he seems to have figured that out like okay Fred and Pascal like we're usually positive when he's on the floor when they're on the floor we will just sort of stagger them for a couple minutes yeah. here and there and in the last 6 minutes they're usually pretty good to go. Yeah that timeout that you mentioned was a very weirdly timed <laughs> yeah. timeout from Brett Brown. It seemed like the Sixers you know we're set up to score and was like no timeout. It yeah. was like, kind of like the Nick Nurse one uh, back before we were sure if he was a good coach in the, in the finals when <laughs> Kawhi was about to win the championship and uh, um, and he called the timeout for some right. reason. But right. uh, I still defend yeah.
2: Nick on that because yeah you was, look at you look it, at, yeah. you look at the replays and you can see everyone on the court sort of looking over. It's like yeah, we dead. need a break. They're dead. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and just things <laughs> just happen to go the other way. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: But yeah, tonight, other guys we should probably talk about uh, Let's start with Fred Van Vliet I think this is the best game Fred Van Vliet played all year he was ridiculous. His He was 9 of 15. He found some efficiency, which has not been there for him a lot lately. hit the big dagger three late to put them behind just one, I believe. Yeah. Or put them behind two when it was 96-91. He hit mm-hmm. the big three. Yeah. After a really nice uh, sort of escape from the double team of Simmons and M B M- by Siakam, to yeah. get to Gasol at the nail. And then Gasol finds uh, Fred for the for the cantaloupe three. Uh- mucho gracias. <laughs> yeah, mucho gracias. <laughs> the, new, the new Herbie Kuhn call after uh Marc Gasol assist. That's That's fun, but um, I I thought Fred in this game, like, his penetration... Like, look, I I was expecting a bad Fred game. He's Hmm. the smallest player on the floor by far against the Sixers, and it just felt like he was set up to maybe have one of his very inefficient games where he doesn't quite find it, maybe his... You know, his pocket passing and stuff like that, which has come a long way this season, maybe with all of the arms and limbs and everything going on with the Sixers would be more difficult for him, but I thought he was just great. I thought there was a lot of nice pick-and-roll chemistry. Him and Rondé seemed to have this weird pick-and-roll chemistry. Um, him and Siakam, I think, late they ran the Siakam-Fred VanVleet pick-and-roll a little bit late in the game, and his decision-making was just really good. He had a couple of these drives where he would kind of get you know surrounded by traffic and then, boom, bounce pass out to the corner, OG cans yeah. three, and I just I thought it was one of the best games I've seen him play ever. I thought this was his best game this season. Uh, what did you think of Fred tonight?
2: I thought it was a statement game for him. Yeah. You know, I think when you look at the criticism that he would have had last year of that Philadelphia series, and coming into this season where he's looking to secure the bag, and one of the questions would have been, you know, what can he do against serious length? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that can take him out of his game? And that's probably why we all expected a bad Fred game uh, tonight matched up against Josh Richardson. And to play the way he did, to get into the paint and have Kyrie-esque finishes, uh, (laughs) to pull up from three the way he has, uh, like you said, that, that was a huge shot, the one that cut it to two. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could feel uh, like the crowd you know it was like man please make this to have a game like this and you know I think it just adds to the confidence that the Raptors will have uh, potentially going into a series against Philadelphia yeah because uh, we know that Embiid certainly will have none going up against Gasol
1: yeah uh shout out to Marcus Gasol once again with an ideal Marc Gasol line one of eight three points six rebounds nine assists I my quest to see him have more assists than rebounds than points on the season <laughs> is uh, is taking off. I feel like he's listening to the podcast and he's hearing my campaign and he's gonna try to do it. Yeah, um, he was awesome tonight. Like I don't give a shit about the one for eight. I just don't like the three. I think hit, going
2: forward, just yeah. instead of the points, we just say his plus minus. Yeah, you know uh,
1: what was he tonight? He was a uh, plus five, which is good. Uh, so especially like even when Embiid's bad he is still such Embiid a I think was like floor. a minus nine he was right? a minus nine yeah. which is crazy considering what he was in the playoffs last year
2: and again you know I talked about Nick Nurse got to the game and just understanding little moments yeah. that 2.9 seconds that was left in the third quarter yeah. not willing to yield anything to Embiid and be like no Gasol's coming back in too
1: yeah yeah. I mean, the the second-for-second the second matching. We called yeah. for it for five and a half games last year in the playoffs, <laughs> and finally Nick Nurse has realized this is the way to go. Uh, and, like, look, man, Gasol deserves a ton of credit. I know people are like, he's like the easy whipping boy. Him and Norm, I guess, are the easy whipping boys because their efficiency is not great or whatever. Right. But the it's undeni- undeniable what Gasol is doing on the floor and mm-hmm. how he is... <laughs> Dictating the defense and how the Raptors defense entirely flows out of him and how the offense a lot of times flows out of him I mean, you know, Nick nurse was talking tonight about how you know, a lot of their offense tonight was, you know Just kind of two two pass actions where you get it into Gasol. He makes a read There's a cut and then boom there's a shot and, like, there aren't that many centers you can do that with. That is a very rare skill set for a big man to have, and I don't care if he scores. There are enough scorers on this team, apparently. Terrence Davis is a walking bucket, as it turns out, and Rondé can, you know, fill it up as the best finisher around the rim on the team. Like, it's, all, <laughs> it's all very backwards and weird, but it's sort of how it's all played out here, and I, I mean... The way Gasol is played, he's indispensable to this team and what they want to do, and sort of the designs they Absolutely. I think are starting to realize they could have. You beat the Sixers like this. I mean, I think any talk of trading Gasol or anybody else is out of the window at this point. Like they're twelve and four, and they're like fourth in the league in net rating, and their defense is probably below where we would expect it to be. Right, at like ninth, and like this is a really, really good team. The The NBA math total points added chart came out today, and the Raptors are like by themselves on the top right, farthest away from everybody else. Like, they're really, really good. Yeah. And Gasol is a big reason for that. And I I just. I mean, their their
2: defensive rating would probably be way higher if they didn't give up so many offensive rebounds. That, too. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) the scoring rate on second chance points, uh, that's, uh, I think, what is hiking up that defensive rating. Yeah. So. When you just look at what they're able to do 5-on-5, and their transition defense, too, generally is just spectacular. It wasn't quite the same tonight. Mm -hmm. um, But, uh, yeah, I think outside of the offensive rebounds, they are
1: about as good defensively as you could want any team to be. Yeah, and Gasol is a big reason for all that. So shout-out to Marc Gasol. Uh, Any other notes from today's game that you want to talk about? I mean, there was so much fun stuff that happened. It was a really, really good game. Uh, For, like, a random-ass Monday... I mean, I guess we kind of built it up. The in Sixers our heads, are now Casey's but. Raptors. Yeah. <laughs> what? And that they have uh, LeBron and Marcus Gasol are now the the two sort of pivots <laughs> for <into> each other. <laughs> Man, Gasol late in this game, like Embiid. I mean, the crowd was on him so hard in the final, like, four minutes of the game. By the way, the Sixers didn't score for the last 4 uh 3 which was a testament to the Raptors. And again, a testament to how crummy the, the, the Sixers' offense can be at times. Um, but, like, the number of clips that Gasol added to his punking Joel Embiid highlight reel was crazy in the late stage of this game. Like, poking it away, just completely flummoxing him. That There was the, uh, like, the offensive foul Embiid picked up. I think OG took it. Mm. Um, and, like, just... The degree to which Joel Embiid resembled a puddle late in this game was (laughs) remarkable. Like, the new Jake puddle. (laughs) It was that bad. And, like, I I don't know what the Sixers do to fix it. I mean, Embiid's really good. I believe in Embiid, and he's the reason why I picked the Sixers to win the title this year. I think he's awesome. But for some reason, the Raptors have their number, and I would be terrified if I was the Sixers of coming across the Raptors in the playoffs because of the Marcus Gasol thing and because... Pascal is a bit more of a different challenge for them to guard this season than he was last year. It's uh, it's all very intriguing. And man, eleventh in the power rankings, huh? I yeah. usually don't get mad about power rankings. Were they even eleventh? They were. I I, they were I, didn't, I, on, saw, I saw the graphic. Click on the of link,
2: them no. being top. Uh, not being in the top 10, I and the I didn't replies,
1: bother. I read the replies to the ESPN's power rankings. It's all, I mean, shout out to the Raptors fans who come out and just hordes. Yeah. And ESPN, <laughs> And it's also that, and then it's Lakers fans jumping in and being like, I'm a Lakers fan, but the Raptors are good. I'm a Lakers fan, but the Jazz should be higher. I'm a Lakers fan, but like, why is this a thing? But it was every right. Lakers fan in there. I'm a Lakers fan, but you don't need to, like, qualify your enjoyment of another team Lakers fans you crazy people anyway uh, any last parting shots here before we wrap this thing up no I think I've played a few (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um,
2: yeah you can look forward to my recap yeah Uh, that'll be up in the morning and besides that you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob and, yeah, cool. good stuff going.
1: You can uh, read my stuff at Raptors HQ. I wrote a recap last night or of this game. I don't know when you're listening to this. It's up now. Uh, I mostly just referenced how Joel Embiid scored zero points in this game. Zero points. I'm looking at the thing now. It, it checks out. Zero points. 0 of 3 at the line, 0 of 11 from the field. Zero points. Zero points. <laughs> zero points. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do we have the uh, Sam Mitchell clip? (laughs) (laughs) If I if it wasn't so late uh, and I didn't have to wake up for radio in. five hours. I would be editing that in right now, but uh, that's not the case. It's okay. Anyway, now, it's in,
2: now it's in the people's memories. It's yeah. In their heads. Just think, think
1: heads. of Sam Mitchell. Maybe pause the podcast and listen to that, and you're all good. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back again on Tuesday. Katie and I are going to talk about the new How Hungry You episode with Charlemagne the God. so stick around for that. And uh, we will talk to you next time with another episode of Locked on Raptors.